let us pray. You are the mighty God, the great I am. Alleluia, Alleluia. You are the mighty God, the great I am. Alleluia. Hallelujah, you are the mighty God, the great I am. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, you are the mighty God, the great I am. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You are the Mighty God. Great I am, Alleluia, Alleluia. King of kings and Lord of lords, the ancient of days, the desire of all nations, we worship you. We thank you for this extraordinary youth convention the first of his type in being virtual we bless your holy name that it is also taking place when our nation Nigeria is marking the 60th birthday we worship you Lord please accept our thanks in Jesus name Father we pray that during this special Holy Ghost service you will do something unique in all our lives. That will bless us beyond our widest imaginations. And we commit all October children into your hands. October, the tenth month of the year, and ten being five times two, being the month of double grace. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that in every area of their lives, you give them double blessing, double promotion, double anointing, so that they too will serve you double. And Lord God Almighty, we are asking that in the life of every one of us, irrespective of the month in which we are born, you let this particular night be a night we will never forget. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We want to bless the name of the Lord for another youth convention, and this one in particular. We, we are believing God that he will do something the kind he has never done before in all our lives. 
the November Holy Ghost service will be on the 2nd of November. The theme which will be Let There Be Light, Part 9, is also subtitled Dream Again. Dream Again. Our text is going to be Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. That's our text for tonight. Revelation 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and money star. Revelation 22, verse 16. Jesus Christ said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and money star. As you know very well, for our youth convention this year, the theme had been the bright and money star. Whenever you meet somebody, probably that you have never met before, even before you begin to talk at all, you ask the fellow to introduce himself. Who are you? And here Jesus Christ has given us a good example of what happens. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David. <laughs> He's telling you, in case you don't know me, you need to know who my father is, because that's very important. And the bride and monster. Let me tell you before I proceed any further that this is not just one of those Holy Ghost services. This particular Holy Ghost service is meant for someone in particular. For a specific individual. Because I'm sure you have learned that when God is speaking to a congregation, no matter how large, he will address himself to individuals. Revelation 3.20, Revelation 3.20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man, not if some men, any man, Here's my voice. She's always talking to individuals. And so there's someone who would leave this youth convention completely transformed. Amen. And believe me honestly, I'm trusting my father that this is one night you will never, never forget. Amen. It is important to know who you are. It's even more important to know whose you are. To whom do you belong? 
But far, far more important than all this is to do something about what you know. You know who you are. You know whose you are. But then do something about it. Use that information for your benefits. You see, in James chapter 2, verse 20, James chapter 2, verse 20, Apostle James says, Faith without work is dead. Don't just believe. Do something about what you believe. And a very good illustration will be the story of the prodigal son that I'm sure you know very well. The prodigal son. You can read the story in Luke chapter 15 from verse 11 to 24. Luke 15, 11 to 24. You know the man who had two sons. The younger one says, Papa, you refuse to die. I can't wait any longer. Give me my inheritance and let me enjoy. And so the father gave him what belonged to him and he left. And spent the money because he didn't work for it. So he spent the money just like he wanted. And very soon there was nothing left. And then there was trouble in the land. There was a famine. So they finally find themselves... uh, looking after swine. And he was in such a terrible hunger that he would have gladly eaten the food of the swine. But nobody gave him. And one day, he came to himself. That's how the Bible put it. Now, wait a minute. I know whose I am. Shouldn't die of hunger in my father's house. Servants eat as much as they wanted. What am I sitting down here dying for? So he said, I will arise and go to my father. Now I tell him, I'm not coming back as a son. Take me as a servant, but at least I won't die of hunger. I will arise. And the Bible said, He arose. I'm praying that somebody will arise today. That you will do something about all that you have already learned, everything you know about your Heavenly Father. And Begin to do something about it. Leave this convention different from how you came in. Now, when I said that this is for just one individual, I will give you just one illustration. There are many of them that I could give you, but let me give you just one illustration. A young man was sharing his testimony 
years ago. I was reading in his Bible and he discovered certain things. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you can cast out demons, you can heal the sick, uh, you can even raise the dead. So he went to his pastor. Sir, these things written in the Bible, are they written for me? The pastor said, yes. Oh, are you saying, sir, I can raise the dead? The pastor said, yes. Have you raised the dead before, sir? The pastor said, no. You haven't done it before? The pastor said, no. But you say, I can do it. The pastor said, ah, the word of God is forever said to you. He didn't say, when you become a pastor, if you believe, you can raise the dead in the name of Jesus. He said, thank you, sir. He left the office of the pastor. Young man. Hasn't got too much sense, like some of you are already too sophisticated. Because it just had the faith of a child. If God said it, that's a truth. It began to go from house to house. Stupid boy, eh? Is any dead fellow here? No. You will go to the next house. Have you any dead person here? No. He went until he was tired in the afternoon. He went, he took some meal, and then continued. Finally, according to his testimony, around 4.30 in the evening, he got to a house. Is there any dead person here? They say, yes. What, what, what do you want to do with the dead person? He said, I want to raise him. And he said, he went, it was a child, he went into the house, they said, yes, that's, that's the child. He took the child, he wept and cried, and then all of a sudden he realized, the Bible didn't say you will weep. So he stopped weeping and commanded the child to come back to life. By now the child had been dead for hours. But the child came back to life. I want you to go away from this convention. I'm talking to only one person. One person who is not going to base his activities on what my pastor said, what my general overseer said, but what the Bible says. All right? I believe that uh, that should be a good beginning for you. Now, Jesus is the bright and morning star. He says so. And then in Revelation chapter 2, from verse 26 to 28, Revelation 2, verse 26 to 28, he says, if I satisfy certain conditions, and you can go ahead and read it for yourself, he said he will give me 
de Braida Monista. Yes, the Brighter Monster. He said, I also can be the Bright and Monster. <laughs> In other words, he is saying, Me, I am the Son of God. You, you are a Son of God. John chapter 1. From verse 11 to 12. John 1, 11 to 12. To as many as believed him, to them gave he power to be called sons of God. So Jesus Christ is my eldest brother. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans 8, 29. He says, is the firstborn of many brethren. Congratulations, Lord Jesus you are the firstborn of my father. Romans 8.15. Romans 8.15 says, I also am a child of God. By adoption. <laughs> and the little I know about law, an adopted child has the same rights. As a begotten child. So my eldest brother is a bright morning star. He tells me if I'm an overcomer, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I'm an overcomer. He said, I too am entitled to be called monister. He is the light. That's my eldest brother. According to him, John chapter 8 verse 12, John 8 verse 12, and according to him, Matthew chapter 5, from verse 14 to 16, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, he calls me light. I too, I am light. And then, is my is the firstborn of my dad. I am a child of God by adoption. And James chapter one verse seventeen, James chapter one verse seventeen says, God, the father of my eldest brother and my father too, is the father of lights. So that means all of us are light. My eldest brother and myself. And so, if it's light, and I am light, if it's a brighter monster, and you say I can be brighter monster, I'm not considering even where I stand now. I'm not considering whatever I've achieved now. I'm talking about what's going to happen to me from now on. You see, because Romans 4.17, Romans 4.17 made it clear. God calls things that be not as though they were. So if I came into this convention and I'm anything but light in the sight of people, things are changing now. 
Because Isaiah 55 from verse 10 to 11, Isaiah 55 from verse 10 to 11 made it clear. The word that has proceeded out of the mouth of God will not return to him void. He has called me light. (laughs) Light will I be. Bible says in Psalm 33, verse 8 to 9, Psalm 33, 8 to 9, that once my father speaks, it is done. And the word of God, I'm just quoting so many scriptures for you because everything we are going to do is going to be based on what is written. Not what I think, not what my pastor had been able to do or not do, not what my general overseer had been able to do or not do, but what the word of God says concerning me. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible says clearly, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Not when I get to heaven. As he is now, so am I. And then there's one further thing that is going to form another foundation for what is about to happen to me now. And that is Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. That's where the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, categorically, to me. And to that fellow, whose whose destiny the Almighty God is about to alter, he said, whatsoever he bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever he lose on earth will be lose in heaven, which in simple language means whatever I forbid is forbidden. Whatever I allow is allowed. Then glory be to God. Consequently, number one, since my Father in heaven has never been sick, and my elder brother, my eldest brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, was never sick. Never, when he was here on earth, even though he was wearing the body of flesh. Because if he had been sick, they would have told us. <laughs> even when, when the bodine love, Peter was sick, they recorded it for us. My eldest brother was never sick. The apostles who were following him about, the moment they became connected to him, none of them was ever sick. Therefore, from today, I am disallowing sickness and disease in my body. I am going to tell my body before this night is out. According to Matthew 15 verse 13. Matthew 15 verse 13. 
sickness, disease, ache, pain, hear the word of God. It is written. Every plant my father did not plant shall be rooted up. I am making up my mind based on what the Bible says, not what the evangelist or apostle or anybody said, that according to Exodus 15 verse 26, Exodus 15 26, any sickness or disease in my body is not from God. If it's not from God, and it's from the devil. Then according to 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. My eldest brother came into this world to destroy the works of the devil. And he left me stripes. For my healing. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 24. And, and it should interest you that they even had to beat him before they kill him. We're going to crucify him. If we're going to crucify somebody, there's no need to beat him. But they needed to beat him so that he would experience what pain brought about by sickness feels like. He came into the world in the body of flesh to find out. How do we human beings feel? He had never been hungry when he was in heaven with our father. So he came, saw what hunger can be, which is why he caused a fig tree that's not supposed to even bear fruit at that time. He was hungry. So that when I cry to him and I say I want food, he will say, We'll tell our father, I've been there, I know what hunger is. He came, he tasted thirst. That's why, I mean, and that thirst is probably the most painful thing. That's why when he was even on the cross, the only thing he cried out for was for water. He came, find out how, what does it mean to be tired? And he discovered that, oh, when you are tired, you can even sleep through a storm. And he never felt sick, so they had to beat him so we, we know what pain is like. And because he had gone through that, I can tell the devil. <laughs> Number one, my eldest brother has crushed your head. Number two, by his stripes, I am healed. But I won't do, I won't stop at being well. I won't stop at being whole. You see, because my eldest brother said in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, my eldest brother made it clear to me, my light must shine before all men. So beginning from today, in the name that's above every other name, I will be laying hands on the sick 
After all, he said in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18, Mark 16, 17 to 18, that I will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. That's what he said. If my pastor had not laid hands on the sick for them to recover, no problem. That young man's pastor told him, the promise is not for Titus. The promise is for faith. If you believe. And young man, I hope you are listening to me, or young woman, whoever you are, for whom this message is directed. Don't listen to the devil if he tells you that what happens when you lay hands on the sick and they don't recover. That's none of his business. If you lay hands on the first and the fellow does not recover, lay hands on the second. Just keep going. (laughs) And you'll be amazed. You see, it's not everybody that Jesus Christ healed that was healed instantly. There were those he healed as they were on their way home. Keep on laying hands. Don't leave the job to any big titled fellow. Do it. It's you. The God says, we'll heal. Now, when we talk about the bright and morning star, we are talking about a star that will shine so bright that it will outshine this, the sun. And since I have Peter, yeah, they call him apostle, but I call him my brother because we are children of the same father. Since I have brother Peter as my example, who in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8, Acts 3, verse 1 to 8, was able to touch the lame and the lame began to walk. I will pray for anyone who is lame. And I will expect them to rise up and walk. I won't even stop there because Peter didn't stop there. Peter continued until his shadow began to heal the sick. Acts of the Apostles 5, from verse 14 to 16. Acts 5, 14 to 16. What my elder brother Peter did. Ah, so help me God. I too will begin to do. Number two. My dad was never bound by Satan. And my eldest brother was never in bondage to Satan. John chapter 14 verse 30. John 14 verse 30. He said, the prince of this world came and has nothing, nothing in me. And he told me clearly what I need to do so that I too will never be in bondage to Satan. John 8, 32 and 36. John 8, verses 32 and 36. He said, if I know the truth, the truth will make me free. And that whomsoever he, my eldest brother, has made free shall be free indeed. Okay. 
that being the case, from this very moment, I'm serving quick notice to all demons showing any form of interest in my life. I'm going to let them know that it is written in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Ephesians 4, verse 27. That I'm not to give place to the devil. I'm not to allow them near me. I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to proceed further. Because according to Mark 16, verse 17, Mark 16, verse 17, he said, I will cast out demons. And there was no age limit. No reference as to how old I must be before I begin to cast out demons. All he asked me to do is believe in him. If I haven't done it before, I repent. I begin to do it now. And since I have brother Paul as my example, I am not going to stop until my handkerchiefs begin to cast out demons. I'm going to press on in the Lord until my handkerchiefs will begin to cast out demons. Acts chapter 19 from verse 11 to 12. Acts 19. From verse 11 to 12. And I'm sure you have heard me share the testimony of a time I went to to minister in Portacot at the Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship International Conference. And the power of God came down. I spoke, we spoke about the new anointing. I think this was, must have been 1989 or so. And so several people were trying to touch us and We escaped, got into our car. And there was this young man who was pursuing us. Okay, if I can't touch the man of God, I touched the car with my handkerchief. He left the convention, went home. By the time he got home, his younger sister was raving mad. Tiny little girl, but it took six men to to hold her down. This young man, young, not a bishop, not an archbishop, not a general overseer, told the man there, move aside. I have something in my hand that will take care of the situation. They looked at him and thought he was crazy. Just give me room. <laughs> and he laid the handkerchief on the guy all of his sudden. As if a balloon comes loose, the demons went out of the girl and the girl became normal. I am leaving this convention determined to chase out demons from every member of my family, everyone I come across who has been tormented by the devil. At the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Deliverance is on the way. Number three. 
my dad in heaven was never broke. He can't possibly be broke. Because according to Genesis 17 verse 1, Genesis 17 verse 1, he is the all-sufficient God. According to Psalm 24 verse 1, Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth belongs to him and the fullness thereof. My father is the controller of all the crude oil, all the, all the, the, all the gold, all the diamonds, all the silver in the ground. He, every bit of it belongs to him. In fact, he said it in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. Haggai 2 verse 8, he said, Gold is mine, silver is mine. That's what my father in the Lord said. My, my father in heaven said. And then my eldest brother said in John chapter 10 verse 10. John chapter 10 verse 10. He said he has come that I may have life and have it more abundantly. I am letting the heavens and the earth know that by the time I return for another convention, I will no longer be struggling. I am going to say loud and clear to all those who want to hear because of who I am, because of whose I am, I am going to prosper. Why? Because according to Psalm 35 verse 27, Psalm 35 verse 27, my prosperity is going to give pleasure to my father. I am not going to displease my father. It doesn't matter what anybody may want to say about virtues or poverty, they can keep it. I want to give pleasure to my father. The Bible says he has pleasure in my prosperity. I'm not going to steal. I am not going to be corrupt. But the Bible tells me that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I will be diligent. I will work hard. I will do everything that is necessary to be done in order to prosper. But I will be more than that. Because I have brother Elisha for an example. By the time I read 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to 7, 2 Kings 4 from verse 1 to 7, I see that it is possible for me to be the vessel that God will use to terminate poverty in the life of those who are destitute. I'm not just going to be blessed, I'm going to be a blessing. I'm not just going to prosper. I'm going to press on until even just my say so. We bring breakthroughs to those who are suffering. But I won't stop there. You see, if I'm going to be the bright and star, if I'm going to shine 
So much so that during the daytime, people will know that this fellow is a sir. I'm not going to stop until I begin to lend to nations. Because it is written, Deuteronomy 28 from verse 11 to 12. Deuteronomy 28 from verse 11 to 12. God will prosper me so much I will be lending to nations. That is what is written. I remember in those early days when I would go to America for one convention or the other, and some of the brethren there would come and say, and how can we help you? I said, ah. <laughs> the God in America is the God in Nigeria. I say they will come. It is not how can we help you, you will be saying. How can you help us? There are some people who will say, oh, we know what's going on in the redeemed Christian church of God. Uh, they must have some people abroad uh, sending them money. I'm saying it again. I've said it before. Um, this time, I'm saying it. It's going through all the whole world. If anybody... Anywhere in the world, I never given money to the redeemed Christian Church of God to say, "Hey, use this to build your camp." Yeah, let the fellow come on the air and tell the whole world. Oh, you must be getting help from abroad. You are correct. I'm getting help from heaven. And by the grace of God, from Nigeria, that some people look down upon. We are sending missionaries to more than 190 nations of the world. And they are being paid. Their rents are paid as at when due. Their children are in schools. Because God said, I will lend to nations, not borrow from them. And there's somebody listening to me now. Among you, young ones, and those of you who might be old, who consider yourself young, there's someone, someone for whom this convention has been arranged, who will one day come to me and say, Daddy, how much is your budget for this year? I won't stop until I begin to lend to nations. I won't stop until I begin to single-handedly build churches all over the nation. I have Brother David as an example. In First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 14, First Chronicles 22, verse 14, when he, he said he wanted to build a church and God said, no, you can't build one, your son will build. He said, fine, son. God had given you the opportunity to do the builder. But I will give you everything needed to do the building. The resources will come from me. I'm not going to stop until I begin to build the kingdom of God on earth. Because in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 31 to 33, Matthew 6, 31 to 33, the word of God made it clear, if I just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Everything will be added unto me. 
So I refuse. I refuse today to die poor. I refuse to barely survive. I refuse just to be rich. I, I want to flourish so that I can lend to nations and do the work of God easily. Number four. Since my dad is the most high, according to Psalm 91 verse 1, Psalm 91 verse 1, not only is he the most high, is higher than the highest, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 8, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 8, and he is the promoter, he is the promoter, Psalm 75 from verse 6 to 7, Psalm 75, 6 to 7. And can promote anyone from any level to any level. 4 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8. 4 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8. I intend to reach the top. To let all my enemies here. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Even those I'm looking up to now, one day they too will look up to me. Because it is written, Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 13, Deuteronomy 28 verse 13, I will be head, not tail, above only. Not beneath. Young fellow that I'm speaking to, the plan of the Almighty God for you is not just to reach the top, but to stay there. It's not the plan of God for you to be an ex-champion. To be an everlasting champion. And since I have Daniel, brother Daniel, as an example, I intend to excel among my peers. Daniel chapter 6 from verse 1 to 3. Daniel 6, 1 to 3. The Bible recalls it for us that even among the best, Daniel was still the best. And that's, how, that's what I want to be. When the best gather together, I want to be outstanding. I want, you, I want you to leave this convention with this solemn, solid, quiet, bulldog tenacity that this is what is going to happen to you. Because that is what is supposed to happen to the child of the bright harmonica. And much more than that. See you seeing Brother Daniel as my example. I intend to press so close to God that all those who are associated with me will also reach the top. Because if you read Daniel chapter 1 and then Daniel chapter 2, the Bible will tell you that Daniel had some very close friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to compromise. They refused to corrupt themselves. And when promotion came for Daniel, he said, hey, 
O king, <laughs> I have some people too who must be promoted. Number five. Since my dad is the almighty. Psalm 91 verse 1. Since my dad can do anything, anything. Jeremiah 32 verse 27. Jeremiah 32 verse 27. And Luke chapter 1 verse 37. Luke 1 verse 37. I intend to join the club of the Almighty. Hey, what are you saying? Aren't you overreaching yourself? Your man, don't listen to the devil. The son of a dog is a dog. The son of a lion is a lion. The very day an elephant gives birth to his child, that child is already bigger than a goat. And the son of an elephant will be an elephant any time, any day. Because my eldest brother told me how I can join that club of the Almighty. A club of those who can do anything. In Mark chapter 9 verse 23. Mark 9 verse 23. He said, if only you can believe all things are possible to him that believes. What's the meaning of all things possible? <laughs> in, Missoula, in the club of the Almighty. So from now on, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I will begin to move mountains. He said to my eldest brother told me in Mark 11 from verse 22 to 23, Mark 11, 22 to 23, he said, all I need to do is have faith in God. Then when I find a mountain, I tell the mountain, move. Oh, suppose I ask the mountain to move. The first time it doesn't move, I tell it to move again. Does it move the second? Ah, I tell you, move again. It has to move. And one man of God was telling us the statement of the man who was the first to, count, uh, to, to climb Mount Everest. First time, he failed. Second time, he failed. Third time, he failed. And everybody thought, ah, now he should retire. No, the, the, I mean, the man of God said, and he was quoting him, he said, he spoke to Mount Everest. And said, I'm speaking to you in the name of every mountain climber. You have defeated us three times. But I assure you, we will defeat you. He said, because... You can grow bigger. <laughs> but we, we are going to grow stronger. The following time, the next time they, they went to climb, he reached the top. Is there any mountain in your life, my dear son, daughter? Have faith in God. 
tell that man to, hey, things are different now. <laughs> you might be looking at me as if uh, the same fellow who came to the convention is the same fellow you are facing. No, 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 no. Things are different now. Not only will I begin to move my own mountains, beginning from now. I begin to move mountains for others. I still have brother David again for my example. That this young man, not only did he deal with lions that came his way and beer that came his way, he took away the mountain that was terrorizing the nation. First Samuel chapter 17. You can read the whole story from verse 1 to 51. First Samuel 17, 1 to 51. And it will interest you, he was a young fellow. He wasn't even 20 years old when that happened. While the elders were hiding, he said, let the giant come. I am going to rise up from this convention and decree that by the grace of the Most High God, every person causing trouble in my nation, if they don't repent, they won't see the new year. After all, in Ezekiel 22 verse 30, Ezekiel 22 verse 30, God said, I am looking for a man, not many men, who will stand in the gap for the nation. I know some of my friends have said, if, if only all the Christians in Nigeria will gather together and fast, when, are you, when, is, when is that going to happen? When are you going to get everybody to agree to fast? <laughs> God didn't say he's looking for a crowd. So I'm looking for a man. A man. And where best could he find a man than among the young ones? You are still young. You are still strong. You can be the one he's looking for. And then number six, because my dad is bright. Oh, very bright. That's why they call him the brighter money star. So bright that according to First Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, First Timothy 6, verse 16, he dwells in light unapproachable. Light that cannot be approached. And he told me how I can shine like that. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Daniel 12, verse 3. He said, if only I can begin to win souls. If only I can begin to turn men to righteousness. He said, I will shine as the firmament. So what am I going to do during this convention? What am I going to do tonight? 
I'm going to learn a lesson from Brother Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. I'm going to say, Lord, I have come to your presence. Your very, very presence. I'm laying myself on the altar now, Lord. Overhaul me. Take me to pieces. Daddy, you have my full permission. Take me to pieces. Clean me up. Put me together. And send fire from heaven. To purify me. Everything in me that should not be there, all these immoral thoughts, all these uh, uh, ambitions that are not in compliance with your program for my take me to pieces and flush them out. When you finish cleaning me up, bring me together again and send fire from your altar. So that, like in the day of Pentecost, I may leave this convention on fire for you. And even as Brother Peter preached a sermon and won 3,000 souls, set me on fire. So that even before the end of this month, all the churches around me will know, hey, there's a revival now. Set me on fire, Lord, so that by the time I return for the next convention, even I alone will bring several bus loads of people to come and worship you on this mountain. Let me conclude. Do you know that unless you are a child of God, you cannot claim to be a child of light? If you are not born again, if God is not your father, because he's father of light, so not father of darkness, You don't belong to his family. All these things that I'm talking about can't be your portion. It's not who you are alone that matters. It's whose you are. Bible made it clear. He that sins is of the devil. The devil has his own children. You can tell the devil now, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm crossing from darkness into light. That's what the Bible says. If you are born again, you are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I beg you, young man. Beg you, young woman. I am begging you, young adults. I'm begging you, even adults. Don't waste your life. You can be a giant for God. 
You can be as bright as the brighter burning star. All you need to do is take the first step, give your life to Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. If there are those of you, wherever you are, listen to me, and you, you want to shine for the rest of your life, and you are crying to Jesus now, asking him to save your soul, tell him to wash you clean with his blood. Tell him to bring you into the family of light. Promise him you will shine for him. Promise him that you will shine for him. And I pray for you now. My Father and my God, I want to thank you for your word. And I want to thank you for all those who have decided to surrender their lives to you. Please, my Father and my God, receive them, save their souls, wash them clean. Receive them into the family of light. And from now on, let them begin to shine for you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, those of you who are just giving your life to Jesus Christ, please contact me as soon as possible. And those of you who are already children of God, your prayer today is just one, just one. But I want you to pray it for as long as you have the strength in you. After you have thanked the almighty God who saved your soul, your prayer is, Father, it is written, like father, like son. You are the bright and morning star. I want to be a bright and morning star for you. Like father, like son. You are the bright and morning star. Almighty God. And to me be a brighter morning star for you. It may shine for you in every area of life. Physically, materially, emotionally, spiritually. In every facet of life, let me shine for you. Let me shine for you. Let me be a bright and morning star for you, O oh Lord. And pray that prayer. And the Almighty God will grant your request. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. As the Almighty God will speak to me concerning a word or two of prophecy for that particular person or persons for whom this particular convention has been organized. You may want to write down the following words of prophecy and then pick those ones that are yours. And as you get ready to write, uh, there was an error in the announcement concerning November Holy Ghost service. It's going to be on November the 6th, 
not November the 2nd. It's a Friday, as you know. I think the confusion was the date for October, which is October 2. And the Almighty God wants me to tell someone. He says, as I carry your parents, so will I carry you too. As I carried your parents, so will I carry you too. He asked me to tell someone, he said, I will reward your father's faithfulness to me through you. I will reward your father's faithfulness to me through you. Then he says something, and I believe this is mine, but I will share it with whoever may want to partake of it. He said, I assure you, you will not weep in your old age. He asked me to tell someone that yours is a family known for bankruptcy. But he asked me to tell you that ends tonight. Again, this is for me, but I'll tell you too so you can share. He says, relax. Your future is secured in me. And then finally, he said, without any doubt, this must be for me too. And I told you this convention is for one fellow in particular. I believe that is me and then somebody else might join in. He said, the next 12 years of your life will be full of miracles in ascending order of greatness and brightness. The next 12 years of your life will be full of miracles in ascending order of greatness and brightness. I pray that every one of you listening to me tonight will be partakers of these prophecies. I want to seize this opportunity to really thank the almighty God on behalf of all the youths and young adults for his faithfulness in your various lives.
I must confess this convention has been an extremely successful one. I have followed as much as is possible on television, at least whenever I wasn't deep in prayer. I've listened to sermons coming from some of you young men, and it has been extraordinarily good. I am delighted. I want to encourage those of you who didn't follow this convention from the beginning, do yourself a favor. Get the tapes. I'm already collecting the tapes. I want to listen to them again and again. This is one convention that definitely has been extremely beneficial. And I will want you to treasure all the sermons in particular that have been preached. I want to bless the name of the Lord for all the choir that sang from across the ocean. I want you to know we are praying for all of you, and it's going to be well with you in Jesus' name. Now, before we go, I'm going to pray for you again. But then, as is our custom, we want to say thank you to the Almighty God before the closing prayer. And uh, wherever you are at home, I want you to get ready because after the Thanksgiving service, I will be back to pronounce a special blessing on all of you. God bless you as will the choir. They will sing as we give our Thanksgiving offering to the Almighty God.
Father, my God, I want to bless your holy name. I want to thank you for this wonderful convention of the young adults and the youth. I thank you for the manifestation of your glory. Father, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God Almighty, particularly for that testimony of that young man who had cancer, of all places, cancer in the mouth. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, that you proved once again that you are the original physician. Thank you that there's nothing too hard for you to do. On the basis of that testimony, my Father and my God, I pray that any one of your children battling with that terrible disease called cancer will receive their healing right now. And Lord God Almighty, I decree that from this moment onward, none of your children will ever have any contact with cancer again in Jesus' name. Lord God Almighty, your children are coming to you in prayer just now. We want to be like you. We are created to be like you. We are your children, Lord. Like father, like son. As they cry unto you tonight, my father and my God, in your own miraculous way, transform all of us. Receive us into the club of the Almighty. Give us the power, the grace, the ability to do the impossible. Bless your children, Lord. Answer all their prayers. Receive the offering, Lord. Bless it. Sanctify it. Use it for your glory. And I pray, Lord God Almighty, that very, very soon, each and every one of your children will be lending to nations. Thank you, Almighty. I pray, Lord God Almighty, that even before Sunday, every one of these, your children, will already be raising the dead. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. And then now you go before the almighty God and spend quality time with him. Tell him, I want to be exactly what the Bible says I can be. Cry unto him. He will grant your requests and your joy will overflow. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I believe this message has really blessed your life. And if you have just given your life or rededicated your life to Jesus Christ, Please send an SMS or a WhatsApp message titled Saved to any of these phone numbers. Plus 234-706-497-9797 or plus 234-810-383-0237 or plus 234-803-722-1557. Plus 234-805-504-1394. Also, 
You can send an email to altercall at ourccg.org. Thank you and God bless you.